Family meeting after. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast, a sub podcast <laughs> of Up Yours Downstairs. <laughs> That's right. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Amy Schneider. And the rebranding is going great. It's going awesome. <laughs> We're going back, Johnny. Back to Small Heath. Back to Small Heath. <laughs> We're going back, back to Birmingham. Anyway, okay. Where we're, we're going, we don't need Tokyo. <laughs> that is never going to be true. It's not true that at is all. Never going to be true for any of these people. <laughs> Holy shit! We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yes, we skipped to the end. So we're back. We're back. Oh my god. Uh, okay, yes. listen, people. Yeah. You know why this year has sucked so hard? <laughs> it's because we had nothing new to talk about. Yeah. I think, was Mr. Selfridge on this year? Or was I that last know. year? I mean, that was so crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was crap. That was, if it was on, that was a punishment. But this is like, this is new. You know, we haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we like doing Wolf Hall, but it's not yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. It's no. not like a. Yeah. Whereas this. Like we were cheering and yeah. stomping our feet. <laughs> we Good were. Good thing no one's home. We high-fived at least once. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thank God in yeah. these dark times. <laughs> in the bleak midwinter. In the bleak midwinter, finally, Peaky Blinders has returned. Yes. And we are thrilled. We are. We went through a lot. <laughs> we did. Just to get to this point mm-hmm. where we could record this podcast. Yes. Because... I- I have received a legal warning from my internet provider. Yes. <laughs> for, as you may be surprised, for these just dropped on Netflix and these just dropped on iTunes, yes. we are watching ahead mm-hmm. in the attempt that for people who are binge watching this mm-hmm. on December 21st yes. as a way to avoid your family, <laughs> that we have you know this ready to go. Yeah. And man... <laughs> It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had to be current. That's right. We haven't had to break the law in a while, and it turns out it's harder now. Don't admit to it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You know, eventually Nick Cave is coming for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeet. Don't want that. Point being, we're thrilled. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We hope you're excited. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't excited before, that our excitement is now transmitting (laughs) to you. Right. I mean, it is, obviously. Well, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, okay. So, (laughs) Peaky Blinders. Yes. Season four, episode one. Titled The Noose, which I feel like they weren't, they didn't have titles before. I feel like they didn't either. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I love that they don't, like, name the episodes I know, but according to IMDb, like, uh, yeah. IMDb and no things. Yeah, so really you can stop that, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, you could just cut that out. Yeah. We don't need it. Just be classy. Well, like, we're going to have a name for this episode. You know, like, well, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, we name things. <laughs> right. We're the clever ones. <laughs> okay, so the episode opens with a very brief recap of recent events. Mm-hmm. This picks up more or less right where we left off right. with Tom York caterwauling in the background. <laughs> Although he is not caterwauling in the background right, here. Right, but we remember. Oh, I bet Radiohead has some real dickish clauses <laughs> in their music licensing agreements. Yeah, I, I would have to think. So we get a bit of, you know, of Tommy saying that there are warrants out for, like, you know, treason and sedition or whatever for mm-hmm. Arthur 
John, Michael, and Polly. Yeah. So we see sort and of that a... He's, and he's, you know, made a deal with people more powerful than their enemies. And I'm like, the Peaky Blinders are like Germany in the Thirty Years' War. They keep just being like, oh, well, we're in enemies with Spain. Now we're going to bring in France. Oh, shit. Now France is here. Let's bring in Sweden. Oh, shit. Now Sweden is here. Let's bring France back again. Like, it's rough. That is like such a deep cut reference. <laughs> I know. I mean, you did a great job explaining it, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad you explained because I'm be like, like three people got that. <laughs> right. They were like, oh, shit. He's done it again. <laughs> so you're welcome, fellow aficionados of the early modern period. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we see them all sort of getting carted off, and then we cut to prison, mm-hmm. various prisons, yeah, various cells. Anyway, well, right. Presumably, there's a women's prison and a men's prison. So yeah. we see all of them being sort of roused mm-hmm. well first we get a close-up on a rope yeah so that's the titular news right not going anywhere good <laughs> no not a good sign and church bells are tolling keys are jingling locks are opening mm-hmm. arthur asks the guard if it's sunday michael says there's been a mistake and he wants to see his lawyer that there's an appeal it's it seems very clear to me from the get-go that they're all being rousted to get hung right and john god bless john he is like low key my favorite character. Yeah. Just because you know if John's around, somebody is getting punched <laughs> or fucked or shot. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. In an uncertain universe, <laughs> John Shelby bringing the pain. He's always a violent drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Shelby boys are all marched out. Presumably, again, to be hanged. Mm -hmm. We see Polly, and she's rolling a cigarette. It's pretty dark. It's kind of hard to see what's going on. Also worth noting, we didn't have subtitles for this. And boy, howdy, we did not realize how much we needed those subtitles (laughs) until we didn't have them. So there may be a few points that we're a little muddy on. Mm -hmm. We've done our best for a change (laughs) to figure out what the shit is going on. So Polly's rolling a cigarette, kind of looking at a blank wall, and then there's a guy who looks like a, is it a barrister or a solicitor he, that I does think things? A, a barrister. Okay. Like a solicitor deals with the client and then the barrister actually does things in court. I've seen Law & Order UK. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> but not clearly the difference between a solicitor and a barrister. <laughs> Right. You just know it's weird. He is talking to like some big ass vicar. Yeah. The vicar looked like a person. Did we ever figure out if the vicar was somebody? No, I couldn't figure out in IMDb who that was. He might not be listed. Sometimes it takes a while. Well, either he'll come back or he won't. Yeah. But the lawyer is like, listen up. Yeah. This is big fancy place. Mm -hmm. Like palace looking. Yeah. So he's like, you need to call the king. And the vicar's like, fuck you. I am not calling the goddamn (laughs) king and waking him up. And this guy says, you listen here buddy i got all these people about to be hanged they weren't supposed to be the lord chamberlain was supposed to like swoop in at the last minute and be like don't hang these people Mm -hmm. but what happened was some small time judge with an axe to grind was like we're gonna kill him today yeah but they can't because tommy shelby has a letter from king george that says something right you know we don't get a good look at it basically he says that his family we're drawn into this larger conspiracy. He dropped Winston Churchill's name in there. Mm-hmm. He says that he's got this incriminating letter yeah. from the king. And if... And more where that came yes, from. Yes. And so if his family are spared, he will burn all of these incriminating documents mm-hmm. in the presence of some person. Right, right. Who would be like, hey, king, 
<laughs> Good news. Yeah. So he gets like the vicar sees the letter and he's like, good God, how did a crime boss get this? <laughs> and does he say what the fuck in response? It to seemed something? like he did. Again, no subtitles, yeah. oh, but I really God. think he did. So this is all kind of intercut with mm-hmm. the Shelby's you know, on the gallows yeah. and all the boys are saying in the bleak midwinter, mm-hmm. except for Michael who looks just insane. Yeah. Well, because he's the rational one, right? He has not been in war. So he's not been in any kind of, mm-hmm. not and, this, like he's been in dangerous situations. Yeah. But he also wasn't raised from a child to think that he might get hanged in this way. Yeah. So, so yeah. Remember when he was in the suburbs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Wow, we've come a long way. (laughs) We have. And Polly is saying some sort of prayer. I couldn't identify the prayer. Mm -hmm. It was something about your face shining down on me. Oh, yeah. She was like, she said, Jesus, let this rope lead me up to heaven. Wow. That's a dark prayer. Yeah. It's a dark prayer. I mean, if you're getting hanged, it's not going to be, you know. (laughs) It's not going to be, now I lay me down to sleep or whatever. I mean, that's also a dark prayer. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't think there's any non-dark prayers now that I think about it. (laughs) They're all pretty fucked up. Because they're all like, please don't let me die. Why are we here? <laughs> they, you know, move in both locations to drop the platforms mm-hmm. and hang them. But, yeah, of course, the pardons come through. Right. And the title screen hits. Yeah. We get the familiar strains of Nick Cave's Red Right Hand. Mm-hmm. We high-fived. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Now, we will say, we did not care about this opening sequence because we're like... The stakes are artificially low because this is the beginning of season four. Right. We know not only are most of them going to be in it. Yeah. But that they simultaneously filmed season five. (laughs) Yeah. So they're not hanging hanging four major characters. Although it would be all Esme all the time. Well, I understand, but I, I feel like maybe Esme needs to be a supporting. I character. think you're right, actually. Yeah, she's like a fancy, like you know, pink sea salt. <laughs> yeah, you know, not too much. Right. It's very expensive. <laughs> it's ridiculously. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't think that's quite when we high fived because. Mm. Then it comes back after the title. That's card, right, and the solicitor or whatever says. Also, before he'll burn the letters, he also says that he wants to be on the New Year's honors list. He wants an OBE, which was fantastic. And the guy he told that to, his reaction shot was just perfect. It, it was, was so great. Yeah. That is when we high five. Yeah. I'm sorry for misleading everyone about the high five. <laughs> I was right. just excited about the high five that I forgot the thing mm-hmm. that elicited the high five. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> Tommy Shelby, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> We jump forward uh, a year later, 23rd December, 1925. Hot damn. That's right. Uh, we see Tommy Shelby walking into what turns out to be the Midland Hotel in Birmingham. And this is where Nick Cave kicked in. Yeah. Because they, they, they shot, they're shot on the Peaky Blinders title card. Uh-huh. And then they do the thing. Yeah. And then when it says one year later, then it's clang. <laughs> that wasn't a good... <laughs> Hello, my name is Kelly Anakin. I'm auditioning for the role of the intro to Red Right Hand. Clang! Next. <laughs> but we'll next. let you know. But I. Oh. Look, if he were trying out for the PJ Harvey version, I hate her! 
we see a black person. Mm-hmm. Is that don't get excited though. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's that's it. all we see. We just see him. Maybe we'll get. Uh, who are the guys back in Birmingham? The yeah, I know who you mean. The the preacher and his son. Yeah, whose names I can't remember. Yeah, I'm feeling like a J, like a Jeremiah. I want to say Jeremiah. Yeah. But- but I also just watched Alias Grace, <laughs> well, which might be pushing me in the J direction. In any case, we might end up back there. Yeah. Um. So and then so we see we've been seeing Tommy from the front. Was his son's name Isaiah? I don't know. I think it was. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> we we've been seeing Tommy from the back. Then we. I seen... thought it was John initially. That's what I put in the notes. <laughs> yeah. I. Know. Well, well, oh right, my god! Yeah. Just let me be annoying. No, no, no. That's no, no, no. I. Yeah, you're right. I thought that too. Yeah, it we was... all thought it was John. Well, they've all got that same haircut. I know. I thought he was going to see Tommy. And Anyway, my point was, then we saw Tommy from the front. <laughs> and uh, I lost my mind. <laughs> yes. Killian Murphy <laughs> is wearing glasses. <laughs> Still looking like he do. Oh, oh. He's yeah. looking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, although I think he's starting to age finally. Yeah, yeah. Like not, I don't mean that as a dig. I'm right. just saying finally the witch's spell <laughs> has started to wear off. Lizzie, his secretary. Who we could not remember her name. Right. The character's name. And we were like, that one whore. Right. But she comes, he's sitting at a table and she's like, has uh, arranged all like his holiday cards and things like mm-hmm. that. And we established that he has not seen any of his family members essentially since last season. Whew. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Because remember when he had them all arrested and they almost died? <laughs> oh, man. It's gonna. <laughs> it's hard to make amends for that one. Yeah. But, you know, so be it. Is this, is this where he talks about the present he's getting his son? Yeah. It's a horse. Yeah. Which I don't think that your, like, four-year-old son is going to give a shit about. Because right. he's like, I got him a real horse. And I'm like, he's a child. Yeah. And then so Lizzie says something about, oh, so Christmas is just going to be you and Charlie. And he says... And the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Shelby got joked. (laughs) Yes. The waiter comes by and Tommy asks him to order him up a new prostitute. Yeah. So he asks who he got him that night. He Uh, says a name. He's like, I said somebody knew. And he says this. This made me so angry. Yeah. Like, because he says this deliberately to needle Lizzie Mm -hmm. because, you know. She's probably still carrying a torch for him, even though she absolutely should not be. Right. Oh, my God, Lizzie. Yeah. He's just not that into you. Right. I hate to play the he's just not that into you card. <laughs> I understand, but, you know, also, she... he's a dangerous sociopath. Right. And yet... Leave uh... it to me. <laughs> You're not the only one that's attracted to sociopaths, <laughs> Kelly. Oh! <laughs> I hate being a dangerous narcissist sometimes. <laughs> It's so factually inaccurate. Yeah. Then Tommy Shelby, romantic as he is, tells Lizzie that he got her something and hands her a wad of cash. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I do like a thoughtful gift occasionally. Right. But like, I mean, come on. From this guy? (laughs) This is the least upsetting thing he could do. (laughs) Get you the same present I get you every year. I didn't kill you. (laughs) (laughs) He would never kill Lizzie. I know. Or anybody in his family. I know. Boobs! (laughs) Boobs! <laughs> yes. It's Tommy's new whore. Mm-hmm. She looks kind of bummed. He also looks kind of bummed. She yeah. also gets a wad of cash. That's right. For services rendered. <laughs> it sounds like PJ Harvey might be playing. Yeah, again. So, no again, we have no idea what kind of fast boogie rock is playing. <laughs> 
or if it's mid-tempo boogie rock, we don't understand which of the boogie rocks are present because we don't have the Netflix subtitles. Yeah. It's a bummer. Then we get a shot of Tommy walking in peaky slow-mo through a factory. Yeah. One you know. of his factories. Yeah. I forget what his factories do. One of those places that makes fire in Birmingham. Yes. <laughs> but they're not in Birmingham. No. Well, they have to be in London, I think. I think the hotel was in Birmingham. I don't know. It's the I'd, Midland Hotel. Yeah. Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> You're the geography expert. <laughs> yeah, but I find England geography surprisingly difficult also, to figure you, out. Like it's such a tiny island. I mean, I, and they got so much accent. Yeah, because like, man, yeah. we did hear from Lizzie, and this is relevant. Some union organizers causing trouble. Yes. So yeah, that's a good segue to the next scene, <laughs> right. where Michael is doing cocaine in a delightful Art Deco setting. Oh my god, that cabinet behind him! So gorgeous, amazing. We want it. Yes. If you have that cabinet, <laughs> please send it care of me. <laughs> we'll have to split it in half. No, I know. Or like, you know, ha- one person has custody of the Art Deco cabinet. <laughs> okay, send us two. Uh, one yes. for Kelly and one for Amy. That's we right. have two Christmases now. <laughs> and they're separate ones. <laughs> That's right. So quit trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> Only sending us one free Art Deco cabinet. <laughs> We got a divorce. (laughs) We're traumatized. (laughs) Michael tells Tommy that Tommy did not need to come in. And there's a whole problem with this union convener, mainly that she's a she. What? 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 Her name is Jessie Eden, Mm -hmm. who I think may well be the woman who convened that women's strike in the previous season. Maybe. I don't know if that's accurate yeah when we got the lady peaky slow-mo right i need to like make that my like uh my banner photo yeah banner what the hell is that called yeah banner is it yeah really yeah header header image well i think banner is the same thing (sighs) banner sounds so dot matrix printer (laughs) oh i miss those you are a weirdo i'm sure you you could could print out banners you can't print out banners at home anymore yes you can you just have to tape them together like a peasant Do you think it's possible to run a dot matrix printer off of a modern computer? I mean, I'm sure there's some weirdos out there that have figured out a way. Yeah, you should find them and then you can talk to them about Neil Stevenson. (laughs) Except they are probably going to be very pro-proto-fascist libertarian nonsense. That's true. Because only libertarians would still want a dot matrix (laughs) printer at this late date. You have a tech job. Go to a banner place. They'll make one on vinyl. We've gone far afield. So Tommy then tell like Michael's like trying to bounce mm-hmm. and he's trying to leave and to- like Tommy puts two vials on the table which I never understood what the fuck was in them. Right. Like I sort of was just like is this just more cocaine even though you're telling him to do less cocaine? Yeah, and Michael says he needs cocaine to stay awake because when he does sleep he thinks about what happened. Mm. And that could be either when he killed that pedophile Right. That could be when he almost got hanged. Yeah. Any number of the other horrible <laughs> yeah. things that have started happening to him when he left the suburbs. <laughs> Tommy then asks after Polly and Michael, that's when he tells him about all the cocaine stuff. And Tommy's like, I didn't ask about you. Yeah. I see you on the regs. And he says that Polly has lost her mind. Mm-hmm. She says she feels the noose around her, basically. This is where subtitles would have been yeah, really handy. But she saw spirits at when that happened and mm-hmm. she keeps seeing them now. And 
And she's holding seances at the house, but he says, you know, people just come and steal things. <laughs> Tommy tells Michael to just tell Polly that he believes her and keep her off the whiskey mm-hmm. and some drug that we can't quite identify. Yeah, it was like she, it was something she was prescribed originally, yeah. but now she just keeps taking it. Oxycontin. Yeah. It's an epidemic yeah. in 1925 Birmingham. <laughs> Or wherever the hell they all live. Right. So he says eventually it's going to be fine. And Michael wants to know if Tommy's coming back. I guess that means to the family. I guess so. But he says no. And Michael says everybody's fucked up. And Tommy's (laughs) like, yeah, welcome. (laughs) We were fucked up before. (laughs) Yeah. Fucked up since you were born. So we see Polly sleeping under a zoetrope. And she then gets up slowly and talks to no one. It may be her daughter. Didn't her daughter die in horrible circumstances? She says she got crushed. Crushed in the canal. Yeah. So that may be right. It's She's like caressing the air. It's super dark. Yeah. Even for this show. Yeah. Which I don't think of as... Being any less bleak than prayer. Yeah. (laughs) But Helen McCrory's performance in this episode is stunning. Yeah. It will only continue to be even more stunning. Yeah. And she's like, inside the loop, inside the very loop. And then someone comes in and like, there's a, and then we get a close up of a airmail envelope for her. And we're like, what? I'm going to take the next, just, Uh, yeah, some of these are really short. Then we cut to John, and if you're wondering what he's up to, he is uh, shooting at Grouse, takes one shot with the shotgun, and then it's like, oh, fuck this, and he pulls a pistol out and starts shooting at it. (sighs) We were applauding. (laughs) Well, because we just went from super, super upsetting dark shit, and we're like, yes! (laughs) John! So, Ada's there inside and Ada's saying that she's staying with Polly and is, is planning to bring her to her senses. And Ada's back from Boston. Yeah. In case you forgot. Right. Ada was not implicated in any of this and just went and continued to run Shelby Company Limited's interest in Boston. Right. As previously planned. Yeah. She has not brought that kid of hers with her. No. Maybe I he forgot sucked. about him. <laughs> <laughs> Then Esmond comes in and is super angry at Ada for being there and still working for Tommy and just in general. Yeah, and so Ada's going to go see Arthur and something about a Christmas present for Arthur that let him sew his balls back on. Yeah, it was very unclear. Yeah. Again, subtitles. Right. We're going to get a lot of tweets. They're like, actually, (laughs) Linda at their home gets the mail. She also has an airmail envelope. So I'm assuming this is one of those like... Christmas cars with like an update and it's just oh wow we didn't need to know all that so the phone rings and she answers and it's Esme and she's called I believe to tell them that Ada's on her way mm-hmm. and Arthur has their baby who they've named Billy in yeah. I think it's a terrible name. Well, I'm sorry to anybody named Billy. Billy <laughs> Eichner I know you love this podcast <laughs> I just it's not your fault so well, I am not listening anymore. <laughs> I can't even I can't even come up with a good Billy Eichner oh, line no, right now. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Billy. Well, <laughs> now he's really not listening. <laughs> Arthur has the baby in the chicken coop and is smoking a cigar. And Linda's like, don't smoke cigars around the baby. And also there's like a horny ass rooster in there. <laughs> Keep him away from the baby. And Arthur's like, yeah, great. And I'm like, and what is his name that plays Arthur? I always remember it when it's on screen. Yeah. It's, but uh, he is doing a great job. Uh, yeah. He's got a terrible haircut. Yeah. But he's still Well, great. and it, we saw everybody from being in prison, like their hair had like kind of grown out mm-hmm. and was all disheveled. And, you know, John's gotten it back together. Michael's right. obviously gotten it back together. Arthur, not so much. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, oh, he's been through a lot. 
Yeah, but he seems happy on the farm. That's true. So we now see Jesse Eden, who is someone amusingly played by Charlie Murphy. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> um, not... Look, yeah, no. you've watched the show. You know it's not that Charlie Murphy <laughs> right. that is... played basketball with Prince <laughs> right. and ate pancakes. Right. It is a woman named Charlie Murphy. Uh, anyway, so she walks in. She gets a dope entrance. It's so. to a cover version of Red Right Hand. Yeah. And I think we're meant to feel that she's sort of the female Tommy Shelby, mm-hmm. which is an archetype we have not seen yet. Yeah. Because the women who have kind of come in and out... Oh, also, as soon as they established that this union organizer was female, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, so that's who Tommy Shelby's <laughs> fucking this season. You know, one of the people. Right. Between whores. Yeah. <laughs> Between two whores. <laughs> A Tommy Shelby joint. She's got some swag on her, yeah. for sure. Yeah, she does. She uses the men's lavatory. She reminds me of me. <laughs> I do that shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Because a guy comes in and she's like, the women's lavatory is on the second floor, so uh, fuck you. Yeah. Well, and she points out there isn't one on this floor because women never advanced this far uh, in the company. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Ugh. anyway, she's very cool. Mm-hmm. So she goes into the Art Deco cocaine room to talk to Tommy. I think it's his office. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Art Deco cocaine room. Some people have a champagne room. <laughs> it's been established that the issue is a pay disparity between men and women. <gasps> In 1925. I know, it's shocking. Well, thank God we've solved those problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so he's like, oh, whatever. And she lists off all the ways, all the complicated corporate shenanigans by which he owns all the things that he owns. And he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. (laughs) Her accent is very hard to understand, and I don't know where she's from. Yeah. So if anybody can identify her origin... Mm-hmm. Uh, please, you can tweet us <laughs> at five Maggie Smiths, or you can message us on Facebook. We're up yours, comma downstairs exclamation point. That's right. Or if you want to get crazy, <laughs> you can email us. Yeah, up yours downstairs at gmail dot com. Right. Uh, or if you would like to send us a letter inside an Art Deco cabinet, then we will give you our <laughs> actual addresses. Yes, PM us, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's she's saying that like. You know, that it's it's not about him and his, you know, semi-criminal business. It's just about, you know, her her comrades and brothers and sisters, which he's like... He scoffs at. Which I like this because this is really... I don't think that this show gets enough credit for being as well-plotted as it is. Mm. Because we know that Steve Knight <laughs> wants this to go all the way up to the beginning of World War II. Right. That's, to him, yeah. would be ideal. Yeah. And we had all this in the first season mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Freddie, what's his name? Yeah. Who is the father of Ada's disappearing child. <laughs> right. It, well, and the union was integral to the scheme yep. in the previous. So mm-hmm. I think it's great. These themes just keep coming back. Yeah. And I am just impressed with this show in the sense that it, you know, it just always fires like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And like the way that everybody involved, you know, obviously like we see everybody else as they interact with the, with the Peaky Blinders, but they're more or less actually interested in the Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. You know, like the union movement is its own separate thing that just yeah. occasionally has to deal with this mm-hmm. particular brand of gangster. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how he gets up to it that, that she's like, says, oh, are you threatening me or something? And he says that he doesn't need to make threats. God, dare to dream. <laughs> Someday. 
Yeah. So he's like, okay, you say that there's a 10 shilling disparity. Fine. I'm going to give the women a five shilling raise and I'm going to cut the men's pay by five shillings. And I'm going to tell all the men who they can thank for their pay cut. And she's like, all right, I'm going to bring everybody out on strike. And they sort of leave it at that. And he's been calling her sweetheart this time. And I literally yelled at the TV, stop calling her sweetheart. (laughs) That makes it hard to lust after you. Just keep killing people and having sex with prostitutes. (gasps) It's all I want in any man. (laughs) (laughs) A newspaper is being read by Tommy Shelby, which says, Mounting unrest amongst the labor unions. Right. With a really unnecessary comment, the headline, it bothered me. I'm really sorry for you. <laughs> a maid comes in with the post. Her name is Frances, we learn. Yeah. There's well, a... She was like she was the housekeeper like last I year. I thought right? so. I yeah. wasn't sure. I think so. I didn't recognize her particularly one way or the other, but Yeah. Could a... be wrong, but I don't think so. She says that their new foreign chef is upset. And I'm getting shades of chef from yeah, Monsieur. Monsieur. Yeah, yeah, from Manor House. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> Spoiling for a fight. <laughs> and a bunch of <laughs> Okay, well, because she's like, oh, like, who's coming for Christmas dinner? He says, they'll be 27. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, family? And he's like, I asked Johnny Dogs. (laughs) Johnny Dogs! Yeah. I asked Johnny Dogs if he knew anybody who wanted to eat goose. He said 26. (laughs) So they're all coming. And then he says he wants Francis to eat with them, Mm -hmm. even though they'll be super busy because it's been a hard year. And she's like, okay, this is highly irregular. Yeah. She he she also asks, will there be children? And he says, well, yeah, gypsies. They might have a baby on the floor. So, you know, have mops and buckets ready. <laughs> so she says that she thinks things will get better next year. And Tommy does not agree. Yeah. He just says, ah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. And he also has an airmail letter. He opens his, unlike literally everyone else. <laughs> yeah. To find a MacGuffin. Yeah. It is a black hand. Yeah, I, I just liked it, him opening it like he like rests on the desk and he's like, I've been meaning to refinance my credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> so he's perturbed. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a good idea. No. Well, I was like racking my brain trying to figure out if this had to do with something that we already knew about. Right. I never quite came around. No, it, it does eventually turn out to. They, oh, did we know yeah. about this? Yeah. The... the, the person sending the black hand is the son of an italian guy that he killed in an earlier season which season because i feel like i have this well it wouldn't have been it would have been season three Mm -hmm. because that was when they were at war with the italians and the jews right yeah i mean i I, like i have this remembrance of a scene where they like opened fire on a bunch of italian guys right and it was like one that like they basically the way they all talked about it it seemed clear to me that this was something we had seen but Mm -hmm. i could not because they they say they talk specifically about like who pulled the trigger, yeah. And things anyway, like that. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go back and figure that out between episodes, yeah. But will we? <laughs> we can do a lot of things. <laughs> Should buzz <laughs> at Arthur and Linda's farm of peaceful retirement. A- Ada is telling them uh, about you know what. Uh, Boston, and I guess Linda's having difficulty finding work. She's met the most awful car mechanic. (laughs) Used to be an Irish revolutionary. (laughs) Thinking about going back, taking up (laughs) Toftum. Fuck you, Branson. Yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. I think of it randomly. It makes me so angry. You became a used car salesman? (laughs) You son of a bitch! You can't even be a Toft correctly! (laughs) 
<sighs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. A used car salesman who owns many tuxedos. We have post-traumatic downtown syndrome. <laughs> So Arthur is a, a philanthropist now, but he wants to open a garage. Linda does not seem to be supportive of this plan. See, I support Arthur opening a garage. He has blue-collar roots. Mm-hmm. He needs something to do with his hands because yeah. clearly his mind has been fucked seven ways from Saturday. Yeah. I also cannot handle Arthur being upset, Yeah. by the way, for the record. Yeah. Anytime he's upset, I'm very sad. Yeah. Commented throughout the episode, Ada looks amazing. Listen, you should just try to look like her <laughs> as you like figure all of your stuff out. Yeah. Model yourself on her. Get a finger wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can get a finger wave. It'll stay for a long time. Okay. Yeah. I'll consider it. Yeah. I mean, but you'll maybe then also be like one of those weird vintagey girls and I don't know that that's what you want. I don't know that it's what I want, but it may be what I'm doomed to be. Aww. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you do look like a female star of the 1920s. Yeah. You could live your Clara Bow dreams. Believe me, I've Theta thought Barra. about it. <laughs> Let's make this happen. All right. Let's discuss this offline. <laughs> that was the last we heard of Amy. <laughs> she joined the Society for Creative Anachronism and was never heard from again. But boy, is she the cat's meow. <laughs> John calls and tells Arthur about the black hand that is from Luca Changretta. He has finally opened his mail. Yes. <laughs> Arthur is like, uh, shit. And so, I killed his dad. Yeah. So Ada's like, oh, I'm heading out. And he says that he needs to talk to Ada, but not Linda. And he's very uh, commanding. Poor Linda. Yeah. Esme swipes the black hand from John. He was trying to conceal it from her. He explained that Arthur killed Changretta's dad. Like, Tommy killed him, but Arthur pulled the trigger. Yeah. Again, I don't remember. Yeah. And again, I'm not... I'm not above this having happened off screen somewhere. Yeah. Although that seems not... Was that the guy that... He was it like, seems like not something that Steve Knight would do. Right. No, I think it happened. Was that the guy... Remember the guy that was like... He was in a chair and he was tied up in a chair? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was real bad. Yeah. That was very bad. Mm-hmm. That was not a good death. <laughs> no. <sighs> so. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. <laughs> well, I can see why this Luca character is upset. <laughs> Esme says John made a solemn promise that they're not part of all this Shelby shit anymore. She says something to him and Romany yeah. that basically like they are the family mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. back at Arthur's. Ada says she's going to go see Tommy next for Arthur to stay calm. And he says Linda won't even let him keep his spud shooter in the house anymore. So she's like, I have a gun in the glove compartment. I'll give you I've a gun. got a gun. <laughs> You should get a gun. <laughs> this show really makes me want to get a gun. And I'm very not pro-gun. Right. But man, it makes it look cool. <laughs> it does. They pull a little uh, sleight of hand to get Arthur the gun without Linda noticing. He brings her fresh eggs to give to Polly. And then, you know, he gets the gun in his waistband. Yeah. Very smart of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty slick. So out at the Liverpool docks, we see some Italians getting their passport stamped. And maybe they have American accents? Yeah. It is very unclear. Well, they're coming from America. They're coming from America, but they're Italian. They're probably British actors. Yeah. So it could be a whole life is a beautiful <laughs> situation. Right. Uh, and then the star of the show, Adrian Brody. Notable Oscar winner and sexual assaultant. Mm-hmm. Hate that guy. I also hate him, and you're about to hate him more. So, yeah, because the guy is like... The rest of the episode was so good, I legitimately forgot about this, <laughs> and now I'm angry all over again. Yeah, yeah. Because the... the you know, 
customs guy or whatever his job is is like, oh, are you with those other Italians? And he's like, hey, I'm an American. It's right on my passport. But like, he's doing. He's clearly doing Marlon Brando as Don Corleone yeah. from The Godfather. And I really hope that Adrian Brody and Roman Polanski wind up in the same part of hell together <laughs> and are just fucking tortured. <laughs> this is just, I can't believe they let him do this. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just can't believe they let him do this. I know. Because again, I know this is showing. Adrian not, Brody is not that big of a get. People. He isn't anymore. Yeah. Like what has he done lately? Yeah. Oh my God. He was never good to begin with. What has he done ever? Nobody actually saw the pianist. Nobody did. <laughs> <gasps> I, uh, yeah. I just can't believe Steve Knight is standing for this. Yeah. I know this is not thought of as high art. I know they come under a lot of fire for their brummy accents not right. being authentic. Mm-hmm. But this is fucking... And it's not even about it being insulting to Marlon Brando, who was right. not a great person. Yeah. But it's like, this is just such a fucking, you know, acting student in college wet dream. Yeah. I hope that you have crabs, <laughs> Adrian Brody. <laughs> And the kind that's hard to get rid of. <laughs> I've never had crabs, so I don't know what that involves. Oh, right. Just treatment resistant. Yeah, just mm, super crabs. Super chlamydia, even. <laughs> Look, we're very upset about this. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Michael arrives to see Polly and asks her why she hasn't opened her post because she's depressed. The same reason I don't open my mail. Aw. It's all right. He, so yeah, he, he tries to bring up Tommy and she is like, changing the subject be like oh you're using a bentley they're no good in the cold so you know whatever she also says for tommy to fuck off yes <laughs> michael then says that tommy also told him to accept that she has the second sight polly's like you don't think i can hear his voice in you like i know and i know his strategy this is and- such a great scene yeah yeah. Michael tells her that, that he and Lizzie have decided that in the new year, they're all going to turn a page. They can't keep doing this. Michael and Lizzie, why don't you two just get them all out? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, anyway, wh- whatever. Yeah. I know that's not why we watch the show. <laughs> right. We don't watch this show to watch the Shelby family make healthy decisions. <laughs> right. We watch for them to make unhealthy decisions and then escape the consequences through gunplay. <laughs> <laughs> Polly takes a pill, says that she sees Michael's sister and the cherry sitting in sometimes, and he says, hey, I brought some champagne. And she says, oh, so we also told you to keep me off the whiskey? And she says she's still got a, what did she say? She's still got a knack for him? Mm, yes, or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been her whole life, is like interpreting him. Yeah. And now she doesn't have that to do. She's fucked up in the head because she almost died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this is a show where I appreciate, like, Okay, yes, there's a lot of gun battles, and that is super fun. Right. (laughs) But they also do a great job of demonstrating the effect Mm -hmm. that said violence and proximity to violence has not only on the people who are perpetrating it and the victims of it, Mm -hmm. but their extended families, Mm -hmm. and filters it through this lens where the Shelby men are all living out their own version of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it has not been great for them. Yeah, and it's... and it. I mean, they really... They literally have no choice. Yeah. It's the only masculinity available to them at the time. Yeah, and it affects everybody differently. Mm -hmm. Like, it affects all of them, but in ways that are specific to each of them. Except for John. (laughs) (laughs) That kid's like Teflon. (laughs) He's rubber and they're glue. Anyway. (laughs) 
Tommy is there with Charlie at his, you know, manse in the country. He mm-hmm. wishes him a Merry Christmas. They say Merry Christmas and not Happy Christmas. Yeah. So fuck you too, Harry Potter. <laughs> and then Charlie goes to bed and I'm like, this is like, when do you ever see this kid? <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he's going to appreciate that horse. Yeah. He's like, but I'd rather see you, Daddy. <laughs> so he, you know, is clearly not happy despite all of his largesse. But at the same time, I'm like, if you're going to have a terrible anxiety disorder, better to do it in style. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. got a nice ass house. His Christmas tree's on point. Mm-hmm. He's got a very nice housekeeper. Yeah. You know, this is this is great. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. New foreign chef. That oh. seems to be going great. Oof. Everything's awesome, except for uh, what's going on in his head. <laughs> right. But I guess he never uh, smokes opium anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. At least not, he made it through one episode anyway. Well, so. but I mean, we, I oh, don't yeah, think he's yeah. really done opium since the first or second season. Yeah, I think you're right. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> well, I wondered that, too, if like in those vials there was something else to give Polly to help with withdrawals. I, but again, I have no idea. Yeah, I do not know. It might be liquid cocaine. Yeah. A car approaches and... Tommy freaks out. Remember that anxiety disorder I <laughs> yes. mentioned? I believe his response is hypervigilance. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he just goes and opens a cabinet. Which is actually an armory. Yeah. Not as nice as an art deco cabinet. No. But you wouldn't keep guns in a nice cabinet like that. <laughs> no. It, it is, you know, yeah. any, it, like there's grenades and shit. This is, yeah. This is not just like a couple of guns. This Listen, is... World War One fucked a lot of people <laughs> up. Yeah. And his extracurricular activities outside of the army have not been great for his sense <laughs> no, of safety and well-being. So, well, I mean, and, he, and okay, look, he also did just get the black hand in the well, mail. Yeah. So. Yeah, but he had those guns already. <laughs> <laughs> but it's obviously Ada. Yeah. Like, we knew it was Ada because <laughs> right. we knew that Ada was coming. Mm-hmm. So she comes in and Tommy is like... Uh, hey, and she's like, black hand. He's like, I know, right? <laughs> so he gets into the strategy. I know, right? He's Crazy. like, okay, if we're all separate, they're just going to pick us off one by one. We've all got to get together. We can't do it out away from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So we all have to, <sighs> we have to have a <gasps> family meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were so happy. We were, yes. And it's on Boxing Day, yeah. my favorite thing about England. <laughs> That's right. And Australia. <laughs> and Ada's like, oh, are they coming for me also? Because, you know, they would have yeah. sent her black hand to Boston. Right. But she's not there. Right. And her son's okay. <laughs> but she's like, I gave my gun to Arthur. <laughs> so he, <laughs> luckily, Tommy has some. Yes. He, he could maybe spare one or two. This is even separate from the, this is just his desk gun. <laughs> right. Tommy Shelby is to guns as I am to chapsticks. (laughs) Gotta have one in my purse. Gotta have one next to my bed. Gotta have one at my desk. Gotta have one by the TV. So Esme is getting wasted. (laughs) And you know, I had this great, because obviously I'm not drinking anymore. But man, this show made me feel like I was, but like without any of the consequences. You know what I mean? You are doing what I wish I was doing. And luckily I don't have to do it. Yeah. And yeah. even if I was drunk, let's be real, we are not gangsters. No, we're not. We're, we don't even know where to begin to find some. That's, that's right. <laughs> John has his own armory, as you, as you do. And then Esmond decides that it is time to fuck. He did come in covered in guns. <laughs> right. He's not not a dangerous sociopath. Yeah. I think John's a psychopath, though. Yeah, that's He's fair. not really into the strategy. Yeah. So we then see them in the afterglow with John sleeping and holding two guns. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Like us that time. <laughs> I'm kidding. We that's, don't have any guns. No. 
because we don't have an art deco cabinet to keep them in. <laughs> yeah. Once we get that art deco cabinet, just guns and cocaine everywhere. Boy, howdy. <laughs> You'll be the most popular girl in school. <laughs> The phone rings. It's Tommy, but John does not answer because he is uh, asleep holding guns. <laughs> so Tommy isn't call- it always the way? <laughs> yeah, Tommy calls Arthur and tells him about the said family. Well, and Arthur meeting. was up waiting for the call mm-hmm. because Ada told him that Tommy would be calling. Yeah, so he says, you know, be at Charlie's yard midday Boxing Day. If you have to pull a gun on Linda, do it. Merry Christmas. Fantastic. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Poor Linda. But also, fuck Linda. (laughs) We come to find out at Polly's that Michael has flushed Polly's tablets, Mm -hmm. whatever they were. Yeah. And she loses her mind. Yes. Again, this is such a great performance Mm -hmm. of somebody who's addicted to something. Yeah. You know, not making a choice to not do it. Mm -hmm. And just she freaks out and she's like, I can't make it through Christmas. Yeah. He's like, you can come live with me. I'll take care of you. And she's just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Mm hmm. In the midst of this, Ada comes in. Yeah. And she's like, the door was wide open. And right. Polly's like, I was tidying all day. I wanted yeah. it to be nice. Uh, and it's so, so heartbreaking. Yeah. You that were tearing was, up. I was. That was, yeah. And so then Ada goes over and says, open your fucking mail. <laughs> she sees the black hand. Ada explains about the meeting. The, yeah. the band's getting back together. That's right. Uh, so Tommy is doing some work while wearing his gun holster. Woo! Francis knocks and he says, come. Boo. Stop being like Mr. Grove and stop saying sweetheart. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't say come. (laughs) Don't say, don't you say that anymore either. Well, I just wanted to clarify the difference. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Such a weasel face. (laughs) Maybe we'll bleep that out. (laughs) I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) I know. Francis says that the chef wants to know what time the guests will arrive. And he's like, they're gypsies. When they feel like coming over, they will come over. <laughs> and uh, she says that he needs the chef needs to know whether it'll be before the king's speech or after. So this is not the king's speech from the movie. Right. That happened in the 30s. Yeah. Which, if I'd thought about it, I would know. Because that whole thing happened because of Wallace Simpson. Oh, right. So this yeah. is the King George before the King George that we have in the crown. Yes. Okay. So we're all caught up yeah. on the monarchy. Yeah. Tommy suddenly gets a spidey sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she says something about him being foreign and that his assistant is a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you said he was foreign. What foreign is he? <laughs> right. She says Italian. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're on ICQ, uh-oh. <laughs> Francis is like, Listen, I'm completely unaware of any of this. <laughs> I would be happy to take Christmas dinner with you at your table. And yeah. he's like, yeah, 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 great. <laughs> We've moved on, Francis. <laughs> you should have said something yesterday. <laughs> he uh, he had asked about the chef's references, and one of them is from San Marcos. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we see Tommy going downstairs to the kitchen. Only Master Guy is allowed downstairs. <laughs> God, it's like you didn't even read the Manor House manual. Yeah. Uh, Where's Mr. Edgar? Yeah. That house needs a Mr. Edgar, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I bet true. he's a crack shot. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about. You may refer back to our <laughs> recaps of Manor House. That's right. Including such episodes as we need to talk about Kenny. I almost spit water all <laughs> over this microphone. And thereby, my laptop and our recording device. <laughs> yeah. But thank you You're for welcome. taking me back. Remember when Ruthie got alcohol poisoning? <laughs> 
the uh, sous chef is sitting around peeling potatoes and smoking and takes a while to stand up to greet, you know, the lord of the manor. Uh, his name is Antonio. So Tommy's like, oh, and he's like, oh, why are you peeling potatoes? You know, as a shoot, are you being punished? And he's like, oh, uh, you know, emergency, shorthanded excuses. Go away. Leave me alone. Yeah. He's going to go fondle his sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> And so Tommy's like, oh, well, here's 10 pounds for your, you know, inconvenience at peeling potatoes, which I'm sitting there like, isn't that wildly excessive? But it turns out that's the point. Well, and again, I couldn't understand what anybody was saying in this scene. (laughs) I was like, your guess is as good as mine. There was like another guy there for some reason. I thought that was the chef. Yeah, it turns out he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Max. Yeah. I got that much. Sure. So we see a butcher uh, butching. Yeah, yeah, that's what butchers do, right? That's right. They butch. Mm-hmm. So Tommy walks in, and this is this is actually the oh, chef. He's not even a butcher; he's just a chef who has butcher skills. Yeah, he butches on the side. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, he says, "Oh, you need to know about the speech. It'll be after." And Tommy says that he's worried about Antonio, and he like really starts grilling him. And and it's great again. Yeah, I didn't catch. All of the dialogue. Also, I was just delighted to see Tommy Shelby strong-arming somebody. Like, yeah. I knew he could. Yeah, because he was like, how much do you pay him? And he was like, uh, I forget. And he was like, uh, or maybe somebody else does, because I just gave him 10 pounds, and he didn't seem to think that was anything, mm-hmm. which is mighty suspicious. And Tony's like, yeah. Hey, uh. And he's like, maybe you're not paying him at all. Yeah. Oh, sick burn. Yeah. And then he mentions that he had worked at San Marcos, and Antonio's like, oh, yeah, possibly. I don't remember. And he's like, oh, so uh, Sabini's place? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so and we we're the- like, that probably checks out. Yeah. Steve Knight, send us your show Bible. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. That would be, actually. Send it in an Art Deco cabinet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we, Steve Knight can afford to. That's right. We only accept deliveries in Art Deco cabinets. <laughs> Listen, if you know a better way to launder money, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and finally the chef is like, I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I was just told to bring him. So he's like, hey, call Antonio in, and he does. Uh, Antonio keeps a gun in the potatoes. Take that, Beetle Bailey. <laughs> That's That'll right. put Sarge right in this place. <laughs> Which uh, is above you. Get get to work, you lazy asshole. <laughs> I don't care that your sister is Lois of High and Lois. Yeah, and get a helmet that fits. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> They're army issue. <laughs> They've just got rows of them. <laughs> Do you think anybody's ever joined the army because they like Beetle Bailey so much? I... I can't. I mean, granted, it's like this particular picture of the military that was only valid like during the Korean War, (laughs) right? And like most people like didn't see combat, which is weird that it's still around. Yeah, it's many. It's weird that many comic strips are still around, right? Yeah, maybe that's how people are laundering money (laughs) (laughs) through Blondie. (laughs) No, Marmaduke. (laughs) Why else would anybody care what a Great Dane does? I could go for a Dagwood right now, though. <laughs> Very hungry. Well, we better wrap this up. Yeah, we then. better wrap this up because I'm starving. Antonio is suspicious. He's walking in with a gun. Tommy, expecting him to be suspicious, has grabbed a meat hook. Uh, and as Antonio walks in, like, <clears throat> hooks him in the shoulder, like, throws him around. Like, Oh, I thought he slashed his throat, too. No, I think. Oh, wait. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's got him, like, you know, he throws them over the butcher tables. So now there's human blood all mixed in with the animal blood. And uh, it's yeah, mess. it's for the brining. <laughs> and um, so he's like... I saw it on America's Test Kitchen. Yeah. So he is, you know, holding a gun to his head and, you know, holding him down. And 
he tells the chef to tell Sabini that he has picked the wrong side in this war, and when they finish with uh, Changretas, they're coming for him next. And I forget the exchange that leads up to him shooting Antonio in the head, yeah. but it was awesome. Just, it was awesome. <laughs> just just take my word for oh, it. Oh, no, 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 because Antonio was screaming the Fongul. Yeah, And yeah. he was yelling at the chef, like, oh, what's right. he saying? And he says, fuck you! <laughs> and he just shoots <laughs> Oh, yeah. and if you thought there was human blood on everything before, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's human blood all over Tommy Shelby. Yes, we missed that detail when he introduced himself to the chef, mm-hmm. who he had not met before. You know, he's cutting all these animal corpses oh, up. Yeah, and he said, "I have blood on my hands." And Tommy Shelby says, "So do I." <laughs> and I was like, "I came yeah. several times <laughs> quietly and respectfully." Yeah, well, I um, appreciate that. Yeah, well, you know, was well, we don't have subtitles. I needed to focus. <laughs> So my big question at the end of this, right? Who's going to cook dinner for Johnny Dogs? Uh, I guess Max. Aw. Also, well. how's Max going to react when Tommy Shelby comes out? Like, oh, I assumed he like used a back entrance or something. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Or I mean, if Max, he seemed like he didn't know Max before, though. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Look, we're not here to fact check how <laughs> Tommy Shelby gets away with murder. <laughs> Just, we are here to high five as he does it. Yeah. It's like Max. I'm not sure if you went through the full through the full onboarding procedure here. <laughs> Sometimes people are going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's not supposed to be happening anymore. Right, right. right. As we find out. So the next yeah. scene, Tommy's gone upstairs, makes a phone call to a man named Robert at like the Hogs Head or, you know, yeah. British pub name. Yes. And he asks if there is a gypsy in the public bath playing a fiddle for change <laughs> and he says yes and he says, "Go get him. Put him on the phone, please." Mm-hmm. And it's Johnny Dogs, yes. obviously. <laughs> and he tells Johnny, well, he gets him. He gets him to the house, right? Johnny's like, I thought you weren't doing this anymore. And <laughs> Tommy almost says, every time I think I'm out, he pulls me back <laughs> right. in. Which I'll allow much more than this fucking shenanigans yeah, yeah, with yeah. goddamn Adrian Brody. <laughs> he tells Johnny to take the body and put it somewhere, and it's to send a message. Right. So and not then, to burn it. Yeah. And then he says, there's not going to be any goose tomorrow unless he catches one on the way. And Johnny's like, where are we going, Tommy? And he says, we're going back, Johnny. Back to small leaf. <laughs> and then it's like a little on the nose. Yeah. But I love Johnny Dogs, yeah. so I don't care. And he's yeah. just like, back where you belong, Tommy. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah, and then he says in Romany that you were always a wild gypsy mm-hmm. boy. And I'm like, in my pants. <laughs> so Tommy packs up all the gifts from under the tree and is telling the family that uh, family meetings moved up. They've got to get to Birmingham that day. Because uh, he, he thinks that they're coming for them on Christmas. Yeah. Which is a genius move. Yeah, well played. Just like George Washington crossing the Delaware. <gasps> um, except much more evil. Um <laughs> <laughs> He tell and he tells Michael that he's not been able to get hold of John, so to go after he, to drop off Polly and Ada, and then go pick up John and Esme and and their kids, presumably. Yeah, sure. They didn't seem to have much of a kid budget, no, because the kid playing Charlie sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, so he's well, like smiling in all of his scenes. Yeah, well, and he he gets a line here as Charlie's as Tommy's carrying him out. He says, "Mommy," and Tommy grabs a picture. Of grace. Boo. Boo. We hate you. Yeah. We do not want this child to know his mother. We don't want any more mentions of her. That is right. At all. <laughs> Steve Knight. <laughs> you owe us this. 
and two Art Deco cabinets fully stocked with period-appropriate guns. After all we've done for you. If we don't get that, we're doing a Kickstarter. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it a GoFundMe where you get gun cabinets? (laughs) Indiegogo gun? (laughs) It's the next day. Yeah. Michael goes to get John and tell him to come to Birmingham. Esme, Esme is all over the place and is like, no, we're having goddamn Christmas. Leave Brittany alone. (laughs) And then a hay wagon pulls up, not at all suspiciously, because everybody hauls hay on Christmas. (laughs) But oh dear, it's a team of mafia guys. And there do appear to be 10 of them, as they said. Mm -hmm. And they've all got like, you know, machine guns. They start firing. John tells Michael and Esme to get in the house. Mm -hmm. So the family is still kind of protective of Michael. Yeah. Since he is the youngest. And Esme gets to the door and, you know, they've got their guns, but they are no match for all these guys. And they're both hit multiple times and they go down. Yeah. We knew it was probably the end of the episode. Yeah. But I yelled many things, including, (laughs) you can't do this to us, you bastard! Yeah. And I had to say, like, I had a feeling, like, I was getting the feeling that one of them might get killed this episode, mm-hmm. but not two of them. I don't think, look, Maybe, like, again, Michael might pull out of it. This show like, is very Game of Thronesy, but I John know. looked like, yeah, <gasps> like, if he does die, that means way more Esme. Uh, yeah. Because you know that bitch is not going to not be putting her gypsy fingers in everything. Right, that's true. Yeah, I guess Michael didn't seem to be hit as much, so yeah. maybe he pulls through. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean... This show always does this, but I really did appreciate this cliffhanger mm-hmm. because of what we said early on about that opening sequence right. having no stakes. Right, They totally pulled the rug out from under us Yeah, here. yeah, that's true. And I really... Steve Knight, well done. This yeah. is a really great return to form. Yeah. It and has everything we love mm-hmm. and really only two things that we hate. Yeah. Adrian and- Brody... And great, <laughs> right? And that was just a picture. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I mean, I will say, like, it was like you could make the argument that it was just boy, really abrupt, just like wrapping up the cliffhanger from last season in a way, just like oh, it's letters from the king, and uh, it's fixed now. You know, mm-hmm. fast forward a year, but it like it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not interested in the Shelbys in jail. Yeah. I yeah. want them to be out killing people, as <laughs> is their God given purpose. That's right. You know? Yeah. And the schemes are the heart of the show. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. But not, you know, I don't like Tommy Shelby's dealings with the Toffs. Yeah, You yeah. know, I like the street-level gangland stuff. Yeah. I occasionally enjoy some of the Toff stuff, but like right, that right. whole thing with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> yeah. last season, I hate it. Right. Oh, and I guess Aiden Gillen is going to be in this season, Supposedly. which I think is unfortunate because I thought he was in last season. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was his uh, uh, D-list Mexican equivalent. <laughs> right. Uh, Hayden Galan. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. that is the end of this episode. Right. We are pumped. Mm-hmm. We hope you are, too. Yeah. Enjoy your binge. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll be back with episode two. That's right. By order of the Peaky Blinders.